2: First Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. We have uh, a, a Ryder Cup preview episode for you here today. Uh, I'm Greg Ducharme. No Rick Gaiman today, but we're holding down the fort with Kyle Porter, who is on location, and Patrick McDonald, who is on an off-site location just like myself. Welcome, gentlemen. KP, how is it over there? In well, technically,
0: home? yeah. Yeah, technically, I'm in an off-site location. This is not the architecture at Marco Simone, but uh, it's awesome. It took me about a day to get get the body adjusted. I was struggling when I got in. Can't sleep on the plane, uh, but ah. stayed up stayed up basically until I, I basically just slept like one hour out of 40 or 45 or whatever, and then just crashed last night. So we're good now. We're, we're dialed. Walked the course today. Which was which was fun. It was good to see. There's not a ton of enthusiasm yet. Like nobody's. There's just not the noise uh, that you are are accustomed to at a Ryder Cup. I think because it's Wednesday, right? But it's also it's really hot, which is such a such a twist from previous Ryder Cups. I associate Ryder Cups with being cold and cool and like fall weather, and it is like it was like 90 today. It was really hot, so. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects the play, the fans, like everything that we've kind of come to love about this event.
2: Yeah, no no sweater weather this year in the no. Ryder Cup, it seems. Uh, Patrick McDonald also here. Patrick, what's going on? Yeah.
1: Uh, just the Ryder Cup week, Greg. That's what's going on. No big uh, and, deal. And, and we will be robbed of a great cricket sweater uh, potential uniform from the USA, that white knit one with the logo oh, in the mm, middle. So good. Hopefully it gets a little chilly in the morning hours where someone like a Scotty Scheffler wears that and, and he looks about eighty years old. Uh the last that thing time was the,
0: that thing was made with Scotty in mind, I think. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And so yeah, like KP said, really hot out there. You had uh Novak Djokovic, Carlos Sainz, Catherine Newton on the property today. KP, if you could put in a good word to her for me, that would be much appreciated. And uh yeah, who, just uh, a who is it away. what's
0: what's her deal who who is that
1: uh she was in uh i think a new marvel movie recently okay with, uh so
0: she's an she's an actress
1: mhm- but I okay. saw a video of her today lacing a nine iron She so... she
0: flushes it she's a flusher
1: yeah so- if you could put it in a good word uh that that would be much appreciated i' I'll,
2: yeah i'll 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 put that at the top of my list of priorities this week. <laughs> cool. Um so we got a number of topics on the docket for today including some storylines some some best bets uh US storylines European storylines all that kind of stuff but before we get to that KP I want to know when you walked this golf course today all the reports were it's extremely hilly extremely difficult walk uh, aside from the heat aside from the atmosphere uh, what did you think of the the golf course as you were walking around there today
0: yeah a couple of things uh i i wrote about this uh for cbssports.com i don't think it's out yet but um it is it was interesting i, I was with uh, jordan spieth and, J- and justin thomas's group and spieth was getting like a. he was getting on the golf cart not every after every shot but he was being driven around the course which was i guess to preserve energy and not have to you know it's it's a Brooks Koepka brought this up today. He's like, it's like, it's a it's a, long week. Like, it's really tiring. Just all the stuff you have to do and everything that is kind of, it, it's very draining. So I think you're just preserving energy there, I guess. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, one of the things that we heard a lot of is, it's, there's so much rough growing up. I think everybody thought when they heard some of these things, oh, it's going to be like Paris, right? Because you kind of hear, um, Oh, the, the Europeans are going to try to play to their advantage or whatever. Well, if you look at it close enough, their advantage is is off the tee. This is not
1: and the same Europe.
0: It, Totally, for sure. And so they've cut down a ton of the rough that they had, even as recently as um as two weeks ago when the U.S. team came over to practice. Max Homa talked about how it like it. It looks like I think it was Homa, him or Morikawa, talked about how it's like completely different. Like it's it's. Kind of wild how much it's changed over the last couple of weeks, and I had heard that that was because the Euro, at least the top guys on the Euro team, were kind of like, "This doesn't really, it's not really working for us," you know. And so, I think because of that, and because you're going to get some really short holes, like there's a lot of drivable par fours, the par fives are short. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be like a ton of momentum swings and a lot of birdies, and more. talked about. Like listen, there's gonna be so many birdies, it's gonna be unbelievable. And that's what you wanted to or cup. I think it for the US team, it could get going in the wrong direction if that happens. And so you just have to know going in, hey, they're gonna make a ton of birdies because these holes are set up for them to do so. And I think I think driving is is gonna be paramount. They've got some weird, like uh I think it was eight is really narrow. Like it's it's it looks like it's this wide. Like, like where are um, my hands? it's it's unreal how narrow it is and so you're not going to see driver everywhere even on longer holes you're going to see some 3 woods a lot of a JT hit 3 wood a bunch where i was like oh it's a driver hole and he would pull 3 woods. so it's going to be a a pretty interesting low key strategic course i don't know if it's a great architecture but i think the strategy there is going to be really interesting
2: they seem to be two different things if you look at or read what you know the real pure architecture Um, writers have to say about a golf course and compare it to what it is for an event like this. Those seem to be two different things, but Patrick, you look at and you listen to some of those things that Kyle talked about. We talked about some of these elements uh, yesterday as well in our DFS episode about the distance advantage for the Europeans. Now over the last 30 years, the last six Ryder cups in Europe, it's felt like the Americans have had an advantage on paper, but the Europeans have still won. What do you think is the key to their success? Is is some of that missing, or is there some intangible that has allowed them to continue to win at home?
1: I really think it just goes back to their experience on these type of golf courses growing up. You know, yes, they all come over to the United States, but from when they first take a club in their hand to when they go to college, they're playing these style of golf courses where I know it's a little different this year where they have cut down the rough a little bit but you got to put the ball in the fairway it's a really strong driving test like Kyle said and you got Hovland, Aberg, Rahm, Rory the four best drivers in the game you know throw Scotty Scheffler in there and Cantley as well and, and that just puts Europe in a really advantageous position and going back to the ebbs and flows the vagaries of match play so to speak Rory Mackerel, I thought had, had a great quote today about the golf course where the first six holes or so are kind of the first couple chapters of a book where it kind of gets you into it. You get sucked in a little bit, but the the real plot of it is going to be number seven through 18 with the back and forth. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be able to get some really tough holes mixed in there as well, in addition to the par fours. And so just Europe's ability to drive the golf ball and both straight and long, it, it's a big advantage. And for them to kind of shape the course that way, is isn't really too surprising.
2: Seems like Patrick, um... I see how they set up the Go ahead, KP. Well,
0: I was gonna say I'm interested to see how they set up the part threes because you know the, you hear them talk, and I think Rory has said this, like they want to turn it into a long iron contest. I don't I don't know if you do, you know. Like I, I, I that was a little bit what whistling straits turned into, and that didn't that didn't go that well. I know it's a different Euro, European team, and I do think that turning it into a driving contest it doesn't hurt the US but it's I think it's mostly good it, it's good for both teams I think I think it helps both teams but the long iron stuff I don't know like do you want the this US team playing a bunch do you want Wyndham Clark and Colin Morikawa and Max Homa and JT and Brooks Kepka and Scotty Shuffler? Do you want them playing long par threes? I don't I don't think No, they do. like, I, no. I think that's <laughs> I think that's bad for the Europeans. Now, I don't have all the data that they have, and I'm an idiot writer and mostly don't know what I'm talking about, but that that has kind of stood out to me, and I'm interested to see what they do with those par threes.
2: It's uh, the crooked golf media at it again. Um, but the, you know the, the thing to me, I don't know what you could do to hurt the United States team. This This team, which is different than even 2021, they seem to be far more balanced you look at just about every statistical category and the U S has success in everywhere. They have accurate players. They have the most accurate player. They have the best iron player. They have um, the the one area where they seem to be lacking is distance. And we know they have plenty of that. So I'm not sure where the U S struggles here. um, Other than like, as far as setup is concerned,
0: it's, if you turn it into Paris, that would be bad for them, right? But it would also be would bad be? for the Europeans.
2: Right. Exactly. And so
0: I just don't know that you're gonna have a course setup that is and, and this is one of my points going in, Craig, is like everything's so homogenized on the on the PGA tour, and all these guys for the most part are playing the PGA tour that they're all kind of playing similar golf. It's not it's not 1977 where there's a European style and an American style, right? That all of that's kind of gone. been it's been brought closer together, if not completely eradicated. And so I just don't know. That was a unique. I heard um I think it was the No Line Up guys talking about how that was a very unique European team in 2018 that they they really like leveraged that course to their advantage in a way that I don't, I I don't even know if that's possible with this year. I think you would almost like hurt your team. If you try to do something like that again.
2: Right. It seemed like that team had some more clear advantages. There were clear differences um, between, between the two. Um, Now, Patrick, I want to talk about a couple, you think about these United States storylines and um, one of the, key factors coming in here, which I thought you brought up a really interesting point yesterday and how there have been no foursome teams uh, on Europe. None none of the, uh, there's no possibility of a repeat for some team where you look at the U S with these kind of uh, clean and easy teams of Scheffler Burns, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Max Holma and Morikawa. Do you think this can switch the advantage in, a particular format like foursomes to the, to the United States side?
1: A- absolutely. I mean, you, you look at the record of Patrick Cantlin and Xander Shoffley going five zero and 0 across President's Cups and Ryder Cups, and then Scheffler, whoever he might be paired with, I know we disagree. You think it'll be Burns. I think it might be Kepka there Friday morning. A- and then Spieth and JT, you don't really know what they can get together, but when they are good, they're lethal. Factor in Homa and Morikawa as well. And you have four really formidable duos. And I think what Luke Donald did, switching the format to foursomes in the morning, is a way to kind of ease in these younger guys into the competition. Where you probably want a Bobby McIntyre if you're going to play him or a Nikolai Hogarth if you're going to play him on day one to play in four ball. And to do that right off the bat when the fans are at their height, you know, waiting for that first tee shot, I, I think it's a lot more difficult to do in the morning than putting them off in the afternoon and having them, you know, wait and watch the competition a little bit, let them feet get their feet underneath them, so to speak. So I think it was a really petty play. I know some people disagree with that where, Europe has been so good with four ball in the morning. Why are you switching things now? But it's a completely different team, a new era, a lot of young guys, and they're going to be able to put out their veterans like Rom, Rory, Hovland, Fleetwood, Hatton off in the morning and kind of have these younger guys ease into the competition more. But I do like the U.S.'s prospects and foursomes. I know their history in Europe in particular is really bad. What is uh, 2-12-2? Yep. Ouch um i am going to go out on a limb and say they improve on that record uh this Ryder cup
0: <laughs> yeah I, last year I had a Cup. that was one of, one of my paths to victory is just for them to win three if they win three foursomes points i think they're in a i think they're in a good spot you know i i really do and i don't know if they'll i don't know i'm into the scheffler uh kepka thing too way in way into it like
2: for uh, for
0: four sums sure you can, put, you can put shuffler with anybody and force them. So I just I just like them together. I, I think they're yeah. uh yeah, I, I don't know. Like they, that would just that, that would not be a fun thing if you get on the first tee and you got Shuffler and Kepka across from you. Cause I, I think you got Shuffler and Burns and you and if you're Matt Fitzpatrick, you got Shuffler and Burns, you're like, okay, I, I can I can I can do something against these guys. You got Shuffler and Kepka. It's just a different. It just feels different. I don't know.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, intimidation there. World number one yeah. on Brooke and Brooke Kepka. Yeah. Right, it's that's scary. That's really scary. <laughs> I I am hearing that that's going to happen. You know, they're one of the. You look at the two practice rounds, and you, there's a lot you can make when you look at pairings. But for the U.S., Scheffler played with Kepka both days. Uh, and Koepke is the only guy that Scheffler played with both days in the, in the practice rounds, Thomas and Speed, Shoffley, Cantley, they played together both days. Um, and then you had Harmon, Fowler, Homa played together both days, but with three of them, it's less kind of, it doesn't really tell you quite as much. So I'm very think, curious to see what they, what they do there.
0: Well, I think one thing on JT and speed is, are they going to, they're they're going to play together, obviously. Yeah, I, I I hope they don't get into a situation where and I don't think they will, but I think there will be the temptation to kind of roll JT out there and like prove that you're right about the whole thing. It was such a big deal that it was like, Oh, well, we're just gonna like JT's gonna go for note. That's how right I was. And if you do that and they keep getting beat, then all of a sudden you've given Europe this sort of route ra- like thing to rally around of like yes. oh, we're just- we're taking down speed and JT and that's your, that's like your heart, like that's your heart and soul. Right. And I just, I, they don't have to do that. They've got so much depth that if JT and Speeth are clearly not feeling it play Wyndham and, and Ricky or Brian Harmon, and you can, you could, you have the, like, that's the point of the depth is is to find the hot hand or the not hot hand and replace them. And I'm I'm curious to see how that goes for, for, uh, for Speed and JT this week. Um, Cause I, I just hope they, they kind of handle, I hope they don't like expose them too much and give Europe something to rally around.
2: Yeah. That's kind of the razor's edge with that pairing. We talked about how risky this was for Zach Johnson. It's an opportunity for Justin Thomas, right? You I mean you kind of, have this chance to cement yourself as like an Ian Poulter, like an auto pick, regardless of form for the, for the rest of time, you know, for as long as he wants. Um, And, and I think he, if it goes the other way, now you got to watch his form much more closely. So it's a, it's a risky proposition and you're right, KP, it gives a ton of ammo to them. Um, But there are a few things I also find interesting, Patrick, I want to kind of go back to this foursomes, four ball thing. I was looking at the last Ryder cups and where everybody has been after the first session. The U S has led after the first session in the last four Ryder cups in 2012, they tied after the first session in 2010 and 2008, the U S led after the first session. So it seems like everywhere in every format, the U S has led after session one. Um, But maybe there's an advantage for the Europeans here we haven't talked about this, but the Europeans have been playing competitive golf. The Americans haven't except for JT and Homa who played a long, still a long time ago. Is that rust potential rust a concern? And does that kind of swing an advantage in that first session back to the Europeans? Do you think that could have played into Luke Donald's decision?
1: I think to an extent potentially, but, Look, as uh, Wyndham Clark said today, there, there's the chance that maybe the Europeans leak a little oil come Sunday afternoon after such a stressful week and playing so much golf it, it, mentally, physically, emotionally. And we got to take Wyndham Clark, right? He's, he's done it before. He's played in a Ryder Cup before. He should know exactly <laughs> what's going on. So <laughs> but- I, was,
0: I, was, I was in that presser, Patrick and he said it and i was like oh well i don't i don't know i don't know if i if i would have said and then he like i was like okay maybe he just kind of slipped up there and then he went back to it he said it again and i was like (laughs) you don't have like you i i I understand what he was getting at he just didn't frame it in a way that was the way he framed it was very bulletin boardy and uh that's not what you want to do
1: i do like honestly them talking right i mean yeah. for, they give they give the same answers every time uh you know oh i left a few strokes out there i didn't really have enough sure. stuff scrapping around put together a good score so i do appreciate Wyndham and brooks you know having real answers to some of the questions that are asked but going back to luke donald rest versus rust i forget who said it but in 2018 uh, they're talking about how that team was just tired uh, heading into Paris they played a lot of golf it was a quick turnaround after Tiger won the Tour Championship going to La Golf National and so I, I do think it, it could go one of two ways where maybe the first session in particular they are a bit rusty but if you're Luke Donald on the flip side why would you want to put your kind of strength against that rust I guess to go 4-0 like they did in the second or in the afternoon session in 2018 in the morning in foursomes? Uh but you could maybe look at it from a different perspective where, all right, maybe we could tie four ball or, or get a two and a half, one and a half lead and four ball when they might not be as sharp as they are. But yeah, these guys are all professionals. I think they'll be fine. They'll be up for it. They've had this circled on their calendar. Brian Harmon talked today about not over preparing for this with all that time off where he's trying to build up, build up, build up in peak for this moment. And instead of, shooting rounds in the low 60s at his home course last week. Hopefully he does it this week instead. And so they've done it so many times before where I'm not too concerned about it, but it will definitely be a storyline if after the morning session on Friday, it's 4 nothing Europe.
2: You're talking about over a month off. I, I think uh, – I know 2018 they were really tired, but it's like the opposite ends of the spectrum. You had playoffs, tour championships, Tiger winning and then you're on a plane to Paris the next day uh, and now you got to, over a month you got vacation in between right you go you make a couple trips to Rome and back without playing a tournament it, it'll be very interesting to see but um, there are some European storylines as well uh, as they are the underdog should they, they're they're the under, underdog slash favorite in a, in a very strange way um, we're going to talk about the Europeans and some of those key storylines But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Um, we're going to shift our attention over to, for the most part. I mean, look, this goes wherever we want it to go. But for the most part, we're going to switch our attention over to some of the European storylines. Um, KP, this team is this team's top heavy, right? You got Rory and Rom and Hovland, uh, t- three of the top four players in the world, uh, all on one team, and depth seems to be an, an issue. How do you think that plays out? For Luke Donald, how does he take advantage of his strength? How does he kind of balance that whole thing through this long week?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think they're they're better than they were in twenty twenty one. Yeah,
2: I think they so. Had too.
0: Probably the six worst players. They they probably had the six worst players at the event in twenty twenty one, which is not what you want. And so I I, I don't think that they're gonna. have – I mean, I think you're. You, it's gonna be a fairly normal, straightforward Ryder Cup for Europe in that, yeah, of course, you're going to play your top guys four five, or four, five times. And then you'll just fill everybody else in into the, the spots that they need. The, 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 the problem in 2021 that they got into was that Victor didn't win a point. Rory was terrible. And Rom and Sergio were needing to win, like, 10 points only playing four matches. And so... <laughs> They were just so top heavy then that th- they couldn't th- they put too much pressure on their top guys. Like it's so hard to go 4-0 in the in the, on the first two days. Uh Rom did it, but it's it's very difficult to do. They don't have to like I, I actually think they're pretty decently balanced. I think what's gonna be interesting is what do you get from like the middle of that group? Like what do you get from the Lowry uh, I don't know who else you would throw T- – Terrell Hatton, uh, Fitzpatrick. Like, what are those guys giving you? Because Fitzpatrick's been bad at Ryder Cubs. Hatton's been okay. Lowry was decent in whistling straights. But if you get, like, good numbers out of those guys, and then maybe Ludwig or Seb Strzok or somebody like that shows out as a rookie – And the top guys kind of take care of business. Like you're going to be in good shape. I think the more I talk about this, Greg, the more I just think this is going to be like one of the closest Ryder Cups throughout the entire event that we've ever seen. And I was looking back at some of the old ones, and like 2012 was close, but it was only close at the very end. It wasn't close on Saturday night. Right. It was was a blowout. It was ten to ten to four, and then it was ten to six. But it was kind of presumed that it was over. 2010 was close. But again, Europe was up three going into – and that was a weird one because it, it finished on Monday and it was like – it was just kind of a mess. You have to go back to I think like 2002 at the Belfry, the last time the teams were – I think this was the last time the teams were tied on Saturday, like after the the second uh, session uh, eight, at 8-8 going into singles. I I think that's what we're getting this year, which is going to be awesome. Like I can't wait for it. It's going to be sweet.
2: So Patrick, uh, if it's eight eight heading into singles, who does who has the advantage? Is it the home European team or is it because this feels incredibly balanced too? You know, you, you expect to get a little more out of your uh, rookies who are at home versus on the road. Yet the rookies for the Americans seem to be a little more proven in other areas. So who does that give an advantage to if it is that tight?
1: I think one through twelve. I favor the Americans, so that would be in singles. But one through eight, I would give the edge to the Europeans. And we talk about the top-heavy nature of their team in 2021 even. And, I mean, Rory McIlroy was world number 15 in 2021. Isn't that crazy to even think about? And he's arguably been the best player in the world since the PGA Championship. I know Victor went on his run. They have him, too, and John Rahm all in stellar form, which – it was really only Rom in 2021. So, like Kyle said, that middle portion of the European team, I've said one of the Englishmen needs to come up big for Europe to win this, whether it's Hatton or Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood. I think Rose could have a big contribution in foursomes where they do lack experience as a team. But if it goes into Sunday 12-12 or 8-8, I would have to give the lean to the Americans just because – how much is Luke Donald going to play Bobby McIntyre the first two days? Maybe once, maybe twice, twice maximum, you would think. Maybe the same with the Hogarth as well. I know we have high hopes for Straka, but if he doesn't get off to a good start in his first match, does he ride the pine? Because the Europeans really do have to ride Rory, Rahm, and Hoffland into the ground. And, I mean, that's a that's a good game plan. I'd go to war with that do type they? of game do you think they do? Absolutely. I do. I do. And you could throw Fleetwood in there potentially as well, uh, given his debut in 2018 and his form this whole season. So I think they got to go between the three of them, 13 matches minimum. And wow. <laughs> go ahead.
0: I want to read you the the bottom of their team at at Whistling Straits was Paul Casey, Lee Westwood uh polter burned weesberger uh fitzpatrick hadn't won a major yet so i it they just they were just i don't know they were bad in 2021 rory was playing bad i, I don't i don't know that they have to ride those guys at the top into the ground i i, I maybe they do i, I don't know it, it it'll depend on foursomes matchups right if they see like Hey, uh, Sep and Lowry are going to be sick together and force So let's play them. And then you can give Hovland a break, whatever. I, I, I don't know how that's going to go for them, but I just don't know that they're as top heavy as it seems like. And, and maybe as much as they were in previous years.
2: Hmm. Especially when you consider the two guys that are, I mean, Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the two guys that are kind of at the bottom of the barrel on this team are two guys that have won at this golf course which is kind of wild to think about, right? It might be worth putting them, Hoygaard and McIntyre, that is, putting them out in, uh, in a four ball. And that might give an opportunity to give uh, a, a Rory, a Rahm, a, a, a Hovland a rest on Saturday afternoon and be fresh for singles. And that may be where this, all, this whole thing comes down to. As long as you're within, what, two, three points heading into singles, it's anybody's game. What do you think, yeah. Patrick? Did,
1: yeah, I mean, what we've seen four points. If if you're within four, you do have a chance. I mean, they did it a little over a decade ago. Who's to say they couldn't yeah. do it on home soil? So it takes a
2: little more of a miracle, right? I mean, yeah. the 10-6 ten, ten is a miracle. Yeah,
0: I think two. I think two. I think two. You feel fine,
2: right? That's your target, Greg. Uh, Greg,
0: did you see? Um, did you see Kepka's comment today about wanting the ball at the end of the game?
2: Yes. And look, is he, is he a guy that's going late in your lineup for that? Or do you think the end of the game comes in the first session? Well, I, I, what do you mean in the first session? Like Match play is a little different than stroke play. In stroke play, it's 72 holes. The end of the game doesn't happen until Sunday afternoon on the back nine right but in match play and in an event like this points are given out each day holes are won you know in all at all these moments so in a way the end of the game happens a lot closer to the end of the game if that makes sense um and it gives someone like kepka an opportunity to thrive and maybe other players it it gives them a challenge you understand what i'm saying everybody would say they
0: want the ball they want to be they want to have the Red Cup come down to their match and how many but how many people actually want that? And he said, Yeah, uh, very few. And I thought that was it was a very kepka response. I don't know if he deep down actually believes some of the things that he says, but I think he convinces himself that he believes them, which is probably half the battle, you know, at times in, in terms of being a world-class professional golfer. Uh it did make me think about who i wanted it to come down to and you know it, the european the problem is europeans are obsessed with who they send out first like that's such a big deal to them and so you Front usually send out like yeah you usually send out a rory or a rom or somebody like that first because it's a really meaningful thing to be sent out first so some of your titans you don't get in the at the like in the latter portion that the that the Ryder Cup could come down to you get it like a Jamie Donaldson closing it out you know or Alex Noren or something like that so I don't know that you're going to get the matchup that I think the matchup that I would want is is probably Rory JT like if the Ryder Cup was tied 13 and a half 13 and a half and they were tied with two three holes left I mean you wouldn't even be able to breathe it would be it would be an unbelievable atmosphere uh, but I don't think you'll get that because I think those are guys that'll go probably early in the in Sunday.
2: I mean, that feels like the first match, the first match yeah. Sunday. You've, it was you've, mo- uh, right, exactly, and it probably is again. I mean, do you are you a fan of? We, we got to get to some of our uh, best bets here too. But Patrick, you think about a single setup in a really close Ryder Cup. Are you a fan of front loading? You want some momentum, or do you want to try to get this? situation where you have a would you say titan kyle somebody who really wants the ball at the end
1: Titans, yes
2: yeah you want to you want a brooks kepka or a justin thomas in late in late in your group
1: i, I think i would prefer to send out kind of the energizer buddy bunnies uh, like, like a Ludwig, perhaps, or a Wyndham Clark, told him to put his money where his mouth is. You go off first for the US. You go get us that crucial first point in Sunday single, or or a, a yappy dog like Brian Harmon, maybe. Like yeah. a Ludwig, you got Seb Straka who can make birdies and bunches for them if it's very close, right? And, and then you go, typically, it's one around what, that seven to 10 area where the Ryder Cup can be, can be clinched, so to speak. And I think from four to eight, four to nine, that's where you really put the meat of your line up there and try to take this thing. And I know JT Rory would be fantastic. The more I thought about it. And after Brooks said his comments, I thought about the PGA championship. It'd be great if we got a little rematch between him and Hovland as well. After Hovland rattled off all these victories to him, get it for him to get another crack at Brooks Kepka would be fantastic as well in this moment. And, you know, maybe one of them gets an eight footer to win the Ryder Cup. For all we know,
2: I kind of like Rory Brooks. Mm. You know, they're, they're such friends. a they're friends. They're friends. I know, but they <laughs> but but there's such a uh, interesting debate with these two guys because they're the best players of our of the post Tiger era. Um, Maybe you include Dustin Johnson DJ. in there, yeah. who's not here, right? And, and he probably should be in that conversation, but. Um, you got Ror- Brooks Kepka with five majors. You have Rory with four and all of his PGA tour wins. There's the beauty of Rory McElroy's game and his pop, his general popularity, but playing for Europe and you have Brooks Kepka and his, the way that he it says what he says. And, and me, I mean, you heard his answers today, right? He, he's, he's stone cold. And, and there's, some people don't like that. Some people do, but it, I think Rory and Brooks creates just uh, there's a there's a beauty in that. That I it would be so cool if the Ryder Cup came down to that.
0: So. Yeah, they're 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 stylistically. Uh, I don't know if they're that different as golfers. I think Rory's probably his swing and and the way he plays is probably prettier, like more aesthetically pleasing yeah but stylistically their personalities are really like opposite right and and you've got brooks as like the i was kind of into his presser today like i, I was kind of I, I i'm all over the place on brooks generally because he's kind of all over the place at times with what he says but i was i was i was dialed today like it was it was good it was i was into it um but he then you've got rory doing this video for the for the european Ryder cup you know social media that is like how i i'm not afraid to be vulnerable i'm not afraid to like share my heart with people and you're like well kepko would never you know like think about saying no. something like that I, no. no just like personality wise they're just stylistically so different which i think is you know, personality comes up into play a lot in an event like this, so I think that that would make like sort of what you're saying that would make it super interesting.
2: It's like this probably isn't the it, it's almost to me like Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. You know, one guy's just gonna grit it out; he's gonna get down and dirty, and he's gonna take punches to the face and throw them back. And the other guy is, I mean, Rory is just Apollo Creed; he's smooth as could be dancing around the floor. Oh, just be beautiful. We'll see if it, we'll see if it happens. Um, any other, anything else you guys want to get into as far as storylines before we transition here into some of our bets, some of our predictions for the Ryder cup.
0: Uh, real quick. I wrote on this today and I, I think that this is, I, I'm interested to see if you guys agree with this. I think it's a different us team um, than in past years. I don't know if they're going to win. And they probably won't. To be honest, I'm going to pick them, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. But I think it's different for two reasons. One, they they they're more they're not afraid of the analytics, and they're more organized than they've been in the past. Like, and Kepka, I asked him about this today. He's like, "Yeah, like we've learned our lesson. There's been a ton of freedom to just do our own thing this week. Prepare the way that we need to prepare." And he was like, even in 2016, when we won, it was like so many obligations and it wears you out. And so I think their uh, process is way better, but also, and I asked Homa about this. I think they're, I think they just like each other more. And that's, a, that's an, Im- you can't measure that. Like the, it's, it's impossible to measure like what that even means. But I think when you have camaraderie, when you have galvanization, it engenders trust, Greg, and trust leads to what do you, you always talk about? Like um, being comfortable during a, a tournament. Being comfortable, like what is the thing that leads to playing well? It's it's being comfortable, and I think trust leads to comfortability during a week, and that's a little bit um, I I don't know. Like people might not buy into that because again, it's it's you're not able to measure it, but I'm convinced that it's that it's true, and Homa kind of kind of affirmed like. And even Kepka was like, "Hey, when you really like each other, like when you're really, really close and like you trust each other. I don't know if he said the word trust, but when you when you like you, he was like, you want to win, like you want to show off for the other guys, like you want to say, like you want people, like you want to prove yourself for your friends, you know. And and I thought it was right. really interesting to hear both of those guys sort of talk about that because I don't know that that's something that they've totally had in the past. You always had Tiger and and Phil as these sort of individualist two of the, to the best ever, obviously. But I don't know that their personalities ever truly made sense for a Ryder cup team. this is the first time since 1993 that tiger and Phil haven't been on an away Ryder cup team.
2: Fascinating. And Patrick, real quick, before we uh, jump to our bets, is that the, is that the buddy buddy system? I mean, is the, is the old boys network, uh, the, the buddy system, whatever you want to call it, is that a, that's how the team is picked. Should it be picked that way? I mean, is that, is that going to turn out to be a good thing? And is that the future of the Ryder Cup for the U.S.?
1: I think really what stuck out to me, what Kyle just said, is Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson not being in the locker room. I know Tiger's going to have influence with this team, but you don't really have the alpha personality. Yes, all these guys in their own respect are alphas, but they're, they're good friends. They respect each other. And they want to play well for each other where, I mean, how many people are really slapping Tiger Woods on the ass after he makes a birdie, right? That you're kind of probably a little afraid to do that, to be honest with you. It's like, okay, yeah. I don't hurt him or something. And th- there's none of that with this team and this group of guys, which I think will serve them well, not only this week, but for Ryder Cups to come. And I did have a few other questions I wanted to ask you guys where, who, who do we have more faith than Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas this week?
2: Hmm uh justin thomas i think so too
1: probably max (laughs) home yeah that's probably fair and then when it comes to luke donald and his (laughs) composition of of these groups do you think there's a chance because we talked about jt and spieth what what a jolt to the system that would be if europe kind of just rolls through that pairing but on the flip side, if you're Luke Donald and the Europeans, do you risk throwing out like a Rom and a Hovland together, trying to secure a, you know, a big point whenever it may be, but risking that, oh, I mean, the the Homa and Morikawa just clipped Ram and Hovland, two of the top three players on the European team. Do you think it ever comes to that, where Donald pairs two of the three titans together?
2: Hmm. Um, well, I'll say this. I don't think there's anything that compares to the Ryder cup quite like high school hockey. So I'll tell you a quick story about my high school hockey career. The, when I was a senior, my team had some very good seniors and some very young, very small. We we had a huge discrepancy between our good players and our bad players. And at the start of the year, we went with a balanced approach, tried to balance it out and put some seniors on every line. We wanted to have three lines that we could roll through and it didn't work. We, we got, we were the worst team in the league and we came together for a meeting and decided to front load our team and put all of our seniors together. We built one line that was, could skate with anybody, could play with anybody. Our second line was very good. And our third line, we were hoping they we didn't, they didn't let up two goals in a shift. So um, we completely reversed the order and all of a sudden we started winning and we made it to the uh, sectional championship game, which we lost eight to one. But the point is everything turned around when we put our stars, quote unquote, together Uh, and, and having that ability to compete with anybody and actually intimidate people can make a huge difference. So I think you run a risk when you start to spread things out and spread things thin. I'm a proponent of, um, of kind of condensing it and making, um, making your best teams, your best teams.
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. And then final one. I know I've been asking too many questions. What do we think of the world? Number one, the putter switch the fat grip uh gripping the putter towards the bottom of it uh, he talked about it today a little bit working with phil kenyon yeah he, he made the call monday after the tour championship might have even been sunday night of the tour championship it got what got to work three days later uh greg i don't know if you've been able to look at the stroke or some pictures of it i have but but uh what are your thoughts on scotty and making the switch. I mean, it's tinkering season typically for these guys right now, and he's doing it right before the Ryder cup.
2: I think there's a couple things. One, um, we go to an experienced coach like Phil Kenyon and uh, his first mission, so to speak, he's going to, okay, don't mess this up, right? We're going to take this. We're going to be cautious with this. I'm not going to go and put a broomstick in his hand right away, right before the Ryder Cup. We're not going to go crazy here right away. Um, we're going to look to some simple pre swing things, which is exactly what they did. Uh, and that's exactly what works for Scotty Scheffler. So, a couple things quickly. Um, the putter seems to be much flatter on the ground, toe in the ground a whole lot more. Uh, his hands, he has the putter running through the palm of his hands a lot more, quiets hand activity. I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, he got a little more bent over at the waist. You know, he didn't talk about this in his press conference, but I think that has multiple benefits for him. Um, not only helping control the path, like he said, but it quiets the lower body as well. I think sometimes in in those short strokes, his knees had too much movement and hopefully that limits it. So yeah, all the, all the changes that Scotty talked about today that he and Phil have implemented, I think they check out in the video and I think they're the, they're they're, um, good things in theory. So yeah, I'm all for it. Um, All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Looks like we got KP back, but on the other side, we're going to get into some of our bets. We're going to get our predictions uh, and, and we're going to send you on your way to the Ryder cup. So all that coming up right after these words and we're back. Um, Uh, Beautiful. Go ahead, KP.
0: Sorry, I missed earlier. I got booted. My Wi-Fi, I'm like tethered to my phone and we've got a lot of things going on. But uh, Scheffler is... You guys are talking about Scheffler. I think there's a little bit of... It's weird that that I had more confidence in him in 2021 than I do right now. I don't know if confidence might be the wrong word, but expectations are just very different. 2021, all he had to do was like hey win one match and then all of a sudden he takes down John Rom and you're like oh right. this is this is awesome and now it's like hey you kind of got to be one of the horses and he's frustrated and he's i don't know man like i i don't I, he he might go 40 and 1 i i we don't know what is going to happen but i i'm not going into this like completely confident in who is kind of the, clearly the U.S.'s number one
2: guy. So let's see. I understand that these are big questions. You think about it, these kind of putting struggles that you can bet. They're not going to be given Scotty Scheffler or anything. Uh, he's going to be finished. This is a stroke play for Scotty, right? He's got to finish everything out. Uh, <laughs> that's what I would do if I were European. Uh, so there will today, be no, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear the noise. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So let's see if the Scotty Scheffler worry for KP has any effect on the betting board. Um, So we're going to talk about that. we got a couple things here. We're looking at the top U S score, the top European score, our favorite prop bet. And of course our winner, Um, Josh, I'm not sure if you have the chart. If you do, this would be the time. Uh, so let's take a look. KP, we'll start with you. Your top U.S. scorer, um, twenty-five units on this one.
0: Yeah, I uh, I did not mean to do this, but I basically just copied Patrick <laughs> here across the board.
1: Can't go wrong. Uh,
0: I love Cantlay this week. He's going to play a lot, right? We don't know how much JT and Speed are going to play. I I'm pretty sure Cantlay is going to play four times. Yeah, played great. Played great at the end of the year and. You know, he's a he's a guy that it just I think you're going to have to drive it fairly like driving it fairly straight this week is going to be a massive advantage. I think you can be a little wild, but he's just such a straight and good driver that I think he's going to be in position a lot to 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 make a ton of birdies. And uh, I just I think he's going to have an awesome week. I think he's going to go like three oh and one or something like that. So he's my top U.S. score.
2: Patrick, uh, another Patrick for you as well. Anything you want to add to that?
1: Uh, everything that KP said. I mean, best statistical season of his career. Made a big stride with the driver. And the approach play was a lot better than years past. And really for him, which is kind of weird to say, it was a little bit of a down year in terms of putting. But he's going to get a ton of usage out there. Great ball striker. His quiet demeanor seems to fit these team atmospheres. So I, I love Cantley. A lot. I love him to have a great Ryder cup, love him to lead the Americans to a, to a steady battle. And I think throughout the bag, he is the most well-balanced American. So that's why I'm going with him for the top score.
2: We're kind of on the same page with everything, except, uh, I'm going with Xander, the other member of that team. I, I just think Xander has the edge when it comes to putting and we're splitting hairs here, but, uh, I just give a slight edge to, Xander on the greens, which is crazy to say, but that's that's kind of the and I think with iron play too, he has a slight edge. So I'm going Xander instead of Cantley, but I like the team. Now we'll look at the top European scorer. Uh, I went for i went kind of chasing a number here. I went Shane Lowry. I think he is going to get a chance to play with Rory McIlroy, and this could be. I'm not sure how much usage he's going to get, but I think you're going to see a high efficiency uh, performance out of Shane Lowry. Um, but Patrick, we'll go to you. Uh, you went with a different Irishman.
1: Yes, I went with Rory McIlroy, five to one to be the top European. Like I said, I think they got to ride the top three guys into the ground, and Rory McIlroy, his ability to drive the ball and putting, he, he doesn't really have a flaw in his game. Most experienced, the only concern, I think, is who are you going to pair him with? It could be anyone. They haven't really found who they want to pair with Rory McIlroy, but you're giving me the same price with Rom, who's kind of been meh-ish adjacent uh, since the Open, the FedEx Cup playoffs, wasn't great. And I know Hovland has been fantastic, but between the two, I'm going to take Rory in that battle.
2: KP, uh, we already know it's the same for you as well. Any Anything you want to add with Rory's top European point scorer? He's, yeah,
0: he's just kind of got that look right now. I mean, he, he obviously, he's played, tri- I mean, he said he's really had a great Ryder Cup record until the last two Ryder Cups. One, the par- the course in Paris was just it was problematic for him and Rom. It just didn't set up that well for them. And then two, he was playing bad going into Whistling straights. and obviously he went what o three and one or one three and zero or something like that. Uh So historically, great Ryder Cup player. He's playing the statistically the best two years of his life have been the last two years. He's got that like. I want to go all five and you know be the veteran that kind of carries this team to victory look about him so far this week. So I just I think it's gonna be as as somebody who roots through the American team, I'm concerned about the way that he looks right now, but I think it's gonna be phenomenal theater. I think he's gonna be awesome this week.
2: It's gonna be fun to watch. I'm hoping it's not a five and zero week for Rory, as uh, you'll see. I think we all are to some degree. But before we get to that, uh, favorite prop bet. So in this, you can scout, you can scan pretty much anything. You can go pretty much anywhere. Uh, there's a lot of really cool opportunities in this area for a Ryder Cup. So, um, Kyle, back to you. Where are you going with your favorite prop bet?
0: Yeah, he, the truth be told, here uh, I. Um... My first thought was was Bobby Mack to score zero points, and I couldn't and so I went to look it up and I couldn't find it, and so I picked something else, and then I saw that Patrick had it on here, so I was like, no, Patrick found it i'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna use his number because he, I mean it, listen, like Bobby Mack's a cool story, right? He's from Scotland he almost won the Scottish Open he's not rom hovlin talented but he's made a career out of it and he's easy to root for but he's just i don't know he's he's outclassed like he's just not he's not in, in europe always has kind of one guy like this and we've seen him just kind of get housed in recent Ryder cup so who knows he might go two and oh and make all of us look like fools but He's not going to play very much, I don't think. And so he would basically just have to win or, excuse me, lose both two matches outright to kind of fulfill this bet.
2: Patrick, same thing for you. Any Anything you want to add?
1: Same thing. The only two highlights I've seen from Bobby Mack this week, Was him getting ready for bed in his PJs, and this morning, (laughs) him frustrated on the range trying to hit driver. So, doesn't really evoke confidence. I know he's won on this golf course. He's a great story, like Kyle said, but I think he only plays twice. His singles match, he'll most definitely be a dog to whoever it is on the Americans. And I reckon he'd probably be a dog with whatever four ball team he plays on as well. So, plus two seventy five for him to record zero points. I am buying in on that.
2: All right, we're uh, beating up on the Scotsman. I went a different direction. Um, opening UST shot. We had a lot of discussion about this. I have heard rumors that Patrick Cantlay is playing the odd holes. There is no way it would be absolute malpractice if Patrick Cantlay. And Xander Schauffele were not in the opening session, so you got you take now this opportunity for the U.S. Who's going to hit the opening tee shot? And you have eight potential players. Well, it's now in one of those four groups. You got you know that it's going to be Cantley. You just don't know what the order is going to be. And if I'm on the road, I don't want an emotional leader hitting the first tee shot. I want ice, and who better than Patty Ice mm. to quiet the crowd and bring a little bit of sweater weather back to Rome. So I got uh, who's the, I got Gateway. Who's, who's
0: the most likely for the US to just like pull a web and and almost miss the ball?
1: <laughs> oh boy. Um
2: I don't think there's anybody.
1: I don't want to say it. I I think I I think early nerves. I I have high expectations for him for the week. But if he has to hit like a a three wood or something, maybe a homa where the jitters get to him a little bit early on and then he settles into it and plays well. Or I think something wouldn't be funny, but given his tone thus far, Wyndham Clark has uh, some added pressure on his shoulders, which I don't agree with, uh, so to speak, but uh, others have made headlines of. Who do you got? I mean, you can't just like (laughs) make me look like the bad
2: guy here. No, I think I I I would never say that about any of these players. I think home is probably the right answer.
0: He's, he's very, and I will, I love him for this, but he's very emotional. And that's what you don't, (laughs) that's, that's what you don't want on that first tee. Like when it's, they're doing the freaking like Viking clap and it's like you, it already feels out of control and there's no, there's no shots been hit yet. So I think that's, that's probably the right answer. Speed my message just because he's like he know, does that. about something else.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that could just happen to him from time to time. That's a two, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, if he has the wrong club in his hand, maybe that's what happens. Um, all right, this is the moment we've all been waiting for the winner. A lot of, I mean, there's too much talk about who's going to miss the ball on the first tee for the U.S. But where's everybody going to go? I, I don't think anybody's going to miss the ball, and I think the U.S. is going to win. I think this is a different team. I, uh, I think they're deep. I think they're ready. They got strong pairings. I think they have the advantage, and I think they, um, I think they play up to it.
1: Well, yeah. I, I agree with you, Greg. And this is unfortunately could be a college game day. Situation where we're all on the same side. I like U.S. I just think the number has swung too far in the direction of the Europeans. I understand they're the new girl at school, but give me the U.S. Dogs plus one ten on the road to get it done. Dogs.
0: Dogs. I'm in on the U.S. Also, I think it's going to be. I I don't think any either team's going to get up by very much. I think it's going to be close every single session. I think it's going to come down to the very end and I think the US is going to win like I'll say um 15 to 13. I think Oof. I think it would I think it would be sick and I think it could happen if if after what Kepka said today if he got to close it out against some I don't know whoever on the European side. I think that is a scenario that uh would be would be pretty sweet to see.
2: It would be really cool. We need Josh to come in with a not so fast and throw up a Europe, pick the Europeans or maybe a tie, (laughs) not so fast, (laughs) Uh, but we're all here on the, on the U S side. So um, we got to move on now to our, our best bets. So we can uh, flip the flip the screen here. Um, Best bets. This is the money ball, the best bet, anything that you want on the board, it's all available for you. KP, who do you got? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I got big Sep Sepp, uh, Sepp Straka
0: most points for a captain's pick for Europe. So this is your uh, your Fleetwood Ludwig Nikolai Hoygaard, Bob McIntyre. I, I just I don't know. I mean I don't know how much Sep is going to play. I don't think McIntyre is going to play a ton. I think Ludwig is a little has gotten a little too, too like it's gotten a little too sexy to to be on Ludwig yeah. this week. Um, so I don't know. I, I set might not score any points, or he might go three and zero. Oh. Who, who who can say? But I think at plus five seventy five, that's a that's a flyer worth taking.
2: I I think it's a pretty good number, and it really could happen. He's got a lot of positive attributes. Patrick, anything on the board available to you? Would you go with
1: Tommy Fleetwood minus one twenty to record more points than Ricky Fowler? I just think Fleetwood's going to be used. Four times, I would I would argue, and Fowler probably three. So you're getting an extra match out of that, a potential way to get more points. And Fleetwood's in fantastic form. Fowler's kind of falling off during the summer. Doesn't have a great record in this event. So minus 124, the Englishman to have more points than Ricky.
2: I couldn't find anywhere uh, Ricky Fowler having every match in this Ryder Cup. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go he's gonna go all and three i just have a i have a feeling um so i did go with something i could find day one foursomes winner first session only i got the usa plus 145 um that's i, I think going to be a really important morning like i said the us has won the last four opening sessions and they've actually won six of the last seven so i think there's a real advantage for them in this opening session. I think they're going to take it home. That's all we have for our best bets. And before we head to Rome and watch the Ryder Cubs, anybody have any, any final thoughts? I mean, we've been talking about this for two years. I know a lot of our thoughts have uh, come out periodically throughout the year, but it's here. It's starting on Friday. Um, any, any last words?
1: Kyle, I'll, I'll see uh, the, it just needs years. to
0: start. Yeah. It it needs to start. I'm, I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of other people talking. Uh I just want to see some shot. I mean, the, the one of the reasons we love the Ryder cup is because you can watch the Honda classic and not every shot feels consequential. If it's Thursday afternoon at the Honda or even like a big tournament, it, it doesn't really feel like they are consequential, but not like this. Every single shot that is hit for the next three days, starting on Friday, is gonna is gonna have consequence. Is gonna ha- is gonna be meaningful, and you don't get that anywhere else other than here. And uh, I just can't. I mean, like, think about all the crazy things that are gonna happen over those three days that always happen every year, Paris, Hazeltine, wherever. And I can't wait to watch that. It's it's the best to me. It's the best three days in golf, and we only get it every two years. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for it to to get underway.
1: Patrick, I got nothing, Greg. I'm all, I'm all I'm ready take, to go. Takes out. They're all out of the system. I'm ready to be heard. I'm ready to be right. I'm ready to be wrong.
2: Yeah. Let's I'm ready go, for all go my go predictions to come, to, to come true. Cause I'm pretty sure you just check out my card. That's how it's all going to play out. Oh, we've got this thing figured out. We've had two years to figure it out and now it's finally here. Um, we'll be back with you Friday, Saturday, Sunday, post round pressers for uh, or, or post round podcast for for you on each day um and and we'll have boots on the ground we got kyle out there in rome we have rick gaiman out there in rome uh, and a couple of us here backing up the home front as well so that's all we have for you here today um that's kyle porter you can get him on twitter or on x <laughs> at kyle porter cbs that's patrick mcdonald he's on x at amateur status i'm greg ducharme at the real gfd Big thanks to producer Josh for all of his hard work putting this show together. That's all we got for you. Go USA.